So how do you either A, keep people accountable when you're not there? Or how do you, what are some of the things that you're looking for when you're hiring people that are managing this and you're trying to get them to basically keep the people accountable in the way that you would keep them accountable if you were there? I I just feel like it's totally different when I'm there versus when I'm not there. And then it's also totally different when I'm not there, but I can be there every once in a while versus when I'm trying to hire someone to actually do what it is that I want to do and embody that culture. If you've ever asked yourself how to stop trading all of your time for money, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to The Wealth Code Secrets, where I'll be teaching you how to access the wealth code by creating solutions and value in today's ever-changing world so you can create unlimited wealth and fulfillment in all aspects of your lives. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Welcome to The Wealth Code Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Todd. We are celebrating National Business Month for healthcare professionals, and there's absolutely no way that I could let this month go by without having, to me, one of the greatest business minds in healthcare, Mr. Paul Goff. He used to be my friend on the other side of the pond, but now he is my friend uh, in the big O. So, Paul, welcome to the What Code Secrets Podcast. Thank you for being on. Thank you. Great to um, great to be here. Excited to, to get into this. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. So. Uh, uh, look, for people that don't know who you are, uh, I'm assuming they must be under a rock, but let's just say they have been, you know, just kind of hiding in the caves. Can you tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your business that you are in healthcare? Um, yeah, I don't really know how to describe what I do these days. Um, it's quite it's quite elusive, but it's a fun story. So I started life as a professional uh, soccer physical therapist. I worked in football clubs for a few years, football as we call it back in England. And then I started my own practice. I realized I was a little too entrepreneurial to be kind of told where to go and what to do. Started my practice, the Polgoff Physio Rooms in 2007. Um, in a country with free healthcare, which was quite the challenge, grew it to just over a million dollars in revenue, uh, 18 staff, 1,400, 1,500 patients um, a month coming through the doors. And you know, life was pretty sweet until I realized that even that uh, probably didn't scratch the itch that I had entrepreneurially, if you like. So then I started to... Um, to kind of work with other business owners around the world, built a uh, education company, a marketing company, now a, a outsourced CFO company, um, a corporate sponsorship division. I've got a uh, on the back of that a property portfolio of seventy plus houses that has allowed me to start my own property management business. Um, I continue to own and run the Polgar Physio Rooms as well as a um, pretty big media company on top of all of that. So I've got. I've got about five different businesses, uh, 40 plus staff. I'm living very um, happily in Orlando, two minutes from Disney with my family, having made it over. Uh, Trump at the time let me in. He let me across um, <laughs> to to build my own uh, business here and, and kind of continue to grow it, which I'm very grateful for. And, you know, love every minute of being in the United States and um, doing what I'm doing. I love that. My gosh, what an amazing story. Let me ask you this. Was it always in the, was, was the entrepreneurial DNA there? Like when, when you became a physical, what year did you become a physical therapist? Uh, 2003, I graduated. So 2003. So when you graduated, did you know that you were going to be in business? 100% yes. Really? Wow. 100%. It's funny. Let me tell you a story. I've never told anybody this, but um, this is my entrepreneurial DNA. I was in England uh, over the summer with a friend. And he, um, I hadn't seen him for a few years, and he brought out some tickets, right? He brought some tickets from a college party that um, 
that we'd arranged back in, oh, this is now 97, 98, 99, right? Because what happened was the, the, the college parties all got, uh, they got banned, right? They got banned, these, these parties. For whatever reason, they got a bit too rowdy and there was loads of trouble. So I said, I think we can do this. I think we can pull this off and we can create what we called an underground college party. So we kind of produced the flyers and the tickets and like we sold tickets. We set the, we paid the deposit on the bar and we got the DJ and all this type of stuff. So me and my friend actually put these, what we call college underground parties on. And we made like four or 500 pounds, like six or $700, you know, for each party that we put on. But it was just the coolest thing we've ever done. And like, I look back on it, we did three of them. And my friend had all of the tickets. And I'm thinking, God, like, I forget those stories of, of like how entrepreneurial, if you like, I was. It just, I needed to get into healthcare as my kind of field. You know, I, I loved being a physio and wanted to be a physio. And I just had this scratch that was always, there was something in me that was going to be very difficult to tame in terms of an eight to eight to four job, knew that I could do it. Um, but I, I certainly never knew I could do this at this level. Like there's no way that I thought I could be like this, you know, this successful, this level of responsibility, if you like. But I definitely had a bit of a, a scratch as an entrepreneur that I knew I was going to have to, to, to itch. You know, it's so interesting because as you gave that story, I think of my brother, my older brother um, in college had a club and he had his little, his little mini nightclub out of a warehouse. Yep. So as you're telling yep. that story, I'm like, gosh, yep. what Mark used to do. And then I would be there and like, you know, um, be at the door, making sure that people had their tickets, you know, coming in and out. Yep. And I would have never, Paul, I would have never thought of myself as the entrepreneurial type. But when I look back at my life, it was uh, you know, yeah. always trying to figure out how can I get that thing, but I can't afford that thing. But if I could sell this thing or trade this thing, I can maybe get that thing and then I can get the thing yeah. that I want. I realized that it really was always there. So yeah, how long were you a staff physical therapist in the, I guess, the NHS? Is that what they call it? Right? I didn't. So this is another, you know, another uh, story. Um, so when I went to university back in England, you basically got paid, you got a scholarship to do PT back in England because you were assumed to work in the national health after you graduated. So, you you know, you finished your, your degree, you got your, your license and you went into the national health. So when you applied for university back then, they actually grilled you on that. What's your intention when you when you leave, right? And I remember going for interviews thinking, well, if I tell them my real intention, like I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not getting in, because if I said I want to be a, a, a you know business owner and run my own practice and uh you know soccer physio or whatever, I, I had aspirations to be, I wouldn't have got in. So I kind of had to play the game and tell them that I was going to kind of go in this national health route, but I never did a day in the national health. I went straight into professional sport, and I did five years in in soccer, and that was my kind of schooling, if you like, of just learning my craft and my trade. I started as a, as a sort of junior physio in a pretty big, pretty big soccer team and just learned my craft that way, got out after five years and started my own little practice. Wow. Interesting. That's so awesome. That's an awesome story. Okay. So you've been in this business game. It's 2007. You're 15 years in. Yep. There's a lot you've learned. So I'm going to ask you to give me three, oh. the most valuable <laughs> tips. <laughs> three and like 15 years i mean overarching absolute non-negotiable is that um there's people all over the, the the world right now looking for things to invest in whether it's crypto or whether it's property or you know any kind of get rich quick thing right the the, the number one thing that i wish i'd started earlier was investing in myself that there'll never be a greater investment and as i watch the inflation thing happen and um you know any kind of economic turbulence if you like the 
um, the antidote to all of that forever and a day will be an investment in yourself. And it's not necessarily the college education because they're candidly, they're, they're, they're arbitrary, they're, they're kind of one of many. But the investment in communication skills and sales skills and how to market commercially and how to manage people and understand people and just understand yourself and just understanding the, the what I would call best practices of running a business, like how anybody can ever try to do this game on their own, I have no idea. And that would be the overarching. If I could leave my kids with anything, it'll be here's the books that I've learned. I've highlighted the pages for you and I've kind of marked the things that you need to know. You're not getting the money, but you can have the books, which are essentially the you know, the, the, the path, if you like. So the first thing would be that, that I wish I'd invested in myself a lot earlier. I probably didn't start doing the, the sort of personal development, business development stuff till about 29 or 30. And I wish I'd got involved honestly wish I'd got involved like from the get-go you know if I had my time again I, I might have been even further on but if nothing else I would have just enjoyed it more um, it's very very difficult to grow any business commercially without marketing skills no matter what anybody tells you um, how anybody is trying to run a business it's the equivalent of buying a Ferrari with no no gas and not wanting to put gas in it and I, again I didn't really understand that marketing uh, component. I just assumed that it would be good customer service, good skills, and everything will be fine. And then the third one in the 15 years uh, that is now because of the phase I'm in is managing of people. That if you get world class at managing people, you've got so much leverage. Investing in people is for me a better reward than any investment in stocks or houses or crypto or whatever you know people are investing in. If you can get really really good at a managing yourself, this is the nuance. If you can manage yourself, you can get you've got a really good chance of managing other people. And that's where I see it go wrong, that people try to more manage others before they figured actually out how to manage their own habits, standards, and, and emotions. They would be my, my three things. Investing in yourself, learning skills, marketing skills, communication skills, sales skills, uh, and learning how to uh, manage and uh, lead people. You guys, I can tell you that if Paul wasn't a physio, well, and now you don't just have physio businesses, you have other businesses as well. Would you say those skills are transferable across? One billion percent. That's why it's the best investment. I mean, I do joke now as to what do I do for a living? Um, you know, I went through it quite quickly earlier, but these days I recruit and manage finance people who are doing QuickBooks and who are doing cash flow forecasts and are kind of running reports for businesses all over the world. So I have to actively recruit and manage them. I'm recruiting uh, property um, management consultants to look after my properties. I have recruited a property investor who buys my properties. I've now got my own maintenance team. So a, a craft, you know, like a, a carpenter and a painter and various things that I've had to recruit. I continue to recruit physios. I continue to recruit for marketing Google geeks, Facebook ads experts, email marketing people, um, operations managers, uh, finance directors, sales managers. I'm in every, I'm in five different industries. And all I do is apply exactly the same scorecard to the job or the ad for the job, um, the, the marketing for the role, the business plan for the role, the managing of cash flow for the business. Nothing changes. And the light bulb for me went off when I realized that actually the greatest skill that I've got was that. And then I could transfer it into multiple different areas rather than just looking to put money into crypto or passively. I kind of went all in and said, the biggest skill I've got, the most leverageable one is the fact I can run a business. And, it, and I never said what business, it was any business. Now I'd be confident enough of buying a restaurant or a hotel or like a suite of businesses, if you like, that all 
synergistically feed each other. And that's kind of where I'm, you know, where I'm at in my life right now. Yeah, you guys, I, I, I would highly recommend for you to go back and listen to that last four minutes until it sinks, because that really is it. I would have never thought today that I would have businesses outside of physical therapy. But the reality is, is that I, I feel the same way you feel. I feel like I could open up a coffee shop. I could open up a restaurant. It's just having these business skills and it's transferable. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Physical, that stuff changes up and up. And up. Listen, but when you have the skills, and I'm not talking about, you know, you investing in crypto or, the, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not against those things. You, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But what I can tell you is that having those skills and investing in yourself will never fail you because it will allow you to go in whatever direction you need to go in in order to serve people. I, 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 I think that's absolutely the- the, the, the thing that I would say in this, you know, where is where I'm at in my life now is I look at, you know, the, the, the turbulence of the last few years, whether it's COVID or whether it's now, you know, recession and rising costs and, you know, businesses potentially being affected. I, I'm not losing any sleep and I've never lost any sleep and I didn't lose any sleep. And the reason I haven't lost any sleep is because I uh, have the skills to run a business in a good time or a, or a bad time. And when I watch people who go straight for investments in, for example, property, which I do, the difference is my investments in property or crypto or stocks. It's a happy byproduct of a successful operating business, which continues to run and make money for me. When you haven't got those operating skills, running a business is a very frightening place. It's a very daunting place. And equally, investing only in crypto or only in stocks without the the sort of the skill sets that should supersede it, it can be a very frightening place for an investor or somebody that's just kind of like quickly trying to get rich. But if there's that continuous commitment to to your business skills, you operate in business that will produce the cash, you'll never worry about a, a fluctuating market or anything that comes with it because ultimately you've got control of the source, um, you know, which is your, yourself and your operating business, if you like. You can you can spin on a dime. You can take your, you know, how many businesses listening to this right now in healthcare are you know stuck because of Medicare dropping their fees, payroll going up through the roof, rent rises, the margins have gone. And if you don't know how to spin that or you don't have to evolve the model, you don't know how to move into a different, you know, for example, into a cash-based business, then you're screwed. And you're going to say it's the market. You're going to say it's because of inflation. And the reality was it was because the cause, the root of it was I didn't have the skills, the confidence to make the, the decision in the business to continue to make 100 grand a year profit after I've paid myself a salary. I give up all of that profit to Medicare, to the landlord, to the people asking for pay rises, the gas bill, the electric bill, and whatever it was. And, and right there and then it's cause and effect. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. Okay. You've been in this game for 15 years. It hasn't all gone perfect, has it? Uh, There's been some painful lessons. Would you give us one, a painful lesson that that you've experienced in your journey that you believe could help my audience? Being oblivious to the need for people to be managed in the company. So to to me it was not the first sort of three to five years of the business. I I I thought it was all about let's say charisma or energy or just kind of like coming in with a you know rah rah pump pump everything's going to be fine in the business and you know just looking around one day and thinking shit actually I've got a a culture that might not be something I'm proud of or something that I can't scale because ultimately I've brought people in and I've not managed them properly. Um, any any time you you're managing people and you you know you're bringing them into a business to to not get too specific um 
without being disrespectful to people that I kind of let go recently. But um, after COVID, I realized that um, one of my businesses had gone a bit stale, had gone a bit, um, a bit not, not going to say toxic, but a little bit stale. And partly it was because the accountability wasn't there, the ability to manage people had, had kind of, I'd, I'd pulled out of that and I got distracted and I felt to put somebody in place to do that without me. You know, if I'm not going to do it, somebody else has to do it. And the business probably took a little while. It probably took me six to 12 months to get it back on track. It cost me a lot of money. Uh, cost me probably a few customers. It certainly cost me a few potential friends that, you know, were, were in the business that I had to move out. Um, and really, it was because I took my eye off the ball when it came to accountability and I'd lost the culture. I'd, I'd put 10 people on payroll, but the mistake I'd, make, I'd made was in not doing my job, which was holding them accountable uh, to certain standards that had been set, let's say, pre-COVID that, you know, once we opened back up, um, I kind of let people get away with and they didn't like change and it probably cost me a bit more heartache than I, than I needed to. So I would say it would be people. The minute you put people on payroll, God, you were responsible. It's your biggest asset, but it's your biggest risk. And if you don't pay attention to that, they'll be your biggest headache by a, by a long stretch. Okay. Let, let's, let's dive into this a little bit more because I think what makes... I'm dealing with one company where I am not in the country. Yep. Uh, and I know that you have so much experience with that. So how do you either A, keep people accountable when you're not there or how do you, what are some of the things that you're looking for when you're hiring people that are managing this and you're trying to get them to basically keep the people accountable in the way that you would keep them accountable if you were there? I I just feel like it's totally different when I'm there versus when I'm not there. And then it's also totally different when I'm not there, but I can be there every once in a while versus when I'm trying to hire someone yeah. to actually do what it is that I want to do and embody that culture. So, my, yeah, that my, so five, five businesses, 40 plus staff, the goal and the, the, the key for me that's allowed us to continue to grow is being to limit, and this is the magic, to limit the number of people that are accountable to me or, or that I have to hold accountable. So the mistake I made was trying to, to to check in with 15 different people, right? And ultimately, you think, I've got to check in with Sarah, and I've got to check in with this girl, and I've got to check in with that guy. And that was where I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball because I was thinking that I had to check in with everybody, right? And all that was happening was my accountability to each of these people was getting more and more diluted. So I was coming up with more and more excuses as to why I couldn't help them or why I couldn't talk to them or check something that they'd done or whatever it will be. And I realized that ultimately, for me to grow there should never be more than really four or five people at any one time that I'm that I'm talking to and then whatever happens underneath that that's their responsibility my my responsibility is to manage them to manage the people how i want them to be managed if you like and it's putting that layer of um accountability i keep using the word into the you know into the business and I, the the bit that i learned really this is the first step can you manage yourself so anybody listening to this if you're at level 1 can i manage myself nailed it yeah all right Good. Now, can I manage other people? Great. Then phase three, where you and I are right now, Greg, it's the can I manage others to manage other people for me? So that that new layer there for me was the one that was the trickiest jump to make. It wasn't that I couldn't manage a team of eight in Polgoff Physio Rooms. The biggest jump for me was when I had to manage five people who were each managing seven or eight people in different businesses. So could I get them to manage people as I wanted to, has been the, the the biggest jump I've ever made in business by by none. But it's also coincided with the biggest amount of money that I make. So it, it's it's you know the story of life. The 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 bigger the jump, the more responsibility, the more money you'll take. 
Okay. Can I ask you a question? Let's, let's dive back into what you just said there. You said the first step is that you have to manage yourself. Yeah. What, what do you do on a daily, weekly basis to help you like master step one before you go to that next step two? What, what do you do? Make life easy for yourself. Like, don't put too many rules in play. Don't don't put too many stupid like things that you think you have to do. You know, you read all these. You, you just see people go like, you know, the average CEO reads twenty seven books a week. And it's like, does he? The average CEO gets out of bed at five thirty every morning to like run a bloody country mile, and you know, then he gets on his bike and does a swim and kisses his kids and hoovers the floor. It's like, oh fuck off, like whatever, right? Like, just figure out whatever rule. Whatever, whatever you need to, 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 you know, to, to work for yourself. So I think the first thing is whatever the routine is, make sure that you're going to be successful in it. You know, don't don't get try to get up at five thirty if you've been out on a Sunday with your friends, right? Because you need some downtime and you want to have a, a beer with your friends or your wife or your husband or whatever or your partner. Like, make it whatever the whatever the the routine is that you've got. First and foremost. Make it easy for yourself to win. Now, that's not cutting corners by staying, you know, stay in bed till twelve o'clock and you know work one hour a day. It's just set a routine that isn't a military operation and that you're comfortable with. It's got a little bit of wiggle room in. You want to have a nice time. You want to spend time with your kids. You might have a nice, you know, late night one night. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to to kind of to be a machine that in the end breaks um, breaks down. But I, I try to keep it really simple. Some basic principles. Careful what I eat the night before, so I've got some energy. You know, Friday and Saturday, I'll I'll have my pizzas or my takeaways or whatever through the week. I'm very disciplined with salmon or vegetables, just because I've realised as I get older that affects my energy the next day. If I'm tired every day, 20 uh, minutes on a bike, 20 minutes stretching, feel good about myself, a uh, little bit of thinking, reflect on the day before, what was really good about my life, what two or three things that I'm just really happy with right now with my kids or Natalie. I'm into the office for whatever it took at 8 40 drop the kids off pick a coffee up and off i go you know and i'm and i'm ready but there's a calendar and this is the crucial thing there's a calendar waiting for me and all i ever do is execute on what's in the calendar and assuming that i've left the office on a friday i spend an hour every friday staring at my calendar both retrospectively and into the future to make sure that what i did this week was high value and what i've got coming down the line in the next few weeks is still a priority because it, it, it can change all the time and don't be frightened to do that. And that's what I mean about the make it easy for you to win. Don't be rigid. Don't put something on your calendar and stick to it just because you put it on your calendar eight weeks ago. Like it, it might not be a priority anymore, but make sure your life is run by a little bit of reflective uh, strategic thinking about your activities, your bigger goals, um, and make it easy for yourself to win. Yeah. Uh, again, do me a favor, guys. Rewind that. Go ahead and listen to that again. You guys got to put yourself in a position for you to win. And I can tell you one of the biggest things is that in order to get to step two or to get to step three, Paul, you can tell me if you agree or disagree, like you're not going to try to hit those levels if you don't have self-confidence and self-confidence is when you can keep the promises that you're making to yourself. So let's not try to like climb Mount Everest. Okay. Let's, let's see if you can just get to Mount GT here. Okay. Or little, little mountain golf. All right. Like, like you've got to figure out, Hey, how can I win? Okay. How can I win every day and move forward? Okay. Not, not some, you know, cheesy stuff, but like, Hey, things that make me feel better, things that are edifying me, things that are moving the needle for you. Don't, you don't have to do 30 of them. Okay. Two or three and just do that over and over and it'll build self-confidence. And then that will give you the confidence to now go to that next level. And then the third level that Paul, Paul talked about. All right. With that said, uh, you've given so much value to the audience. So I want to just thank you again for, for, for everything you've done. 
my question to you is, can you give us more value? And I heard of this event that you're having. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about it uh, for, well, you, well, you tell Who's it for? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, again, I, 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 it's a pleasure and it's a privilege. You messaged me and I replied in minutes. I'm, there's, there's very few people in my Rolodex that get a response within a few minutes, and um, you're certainly on that that list if you like. Um, it's a, it's a privilege, and I think if you went back and listened to some of my podcasts with you from the years gone by, it would be really interesting as to kind of like how I've, you know I answer questions today, and you'll probably see the, you know, the, the, the progress if you like that comes from the commitment to yourself and the skills and everything that I've, you know, continued to, to do over the few years. And even though it's bigger, and this is what I'll say to people, you know, my responsibilities are bigger now, but I'm loving it more and more. I have more fun. I have more happiness. I've got more peace in my life, and it's because I've got a grip on this this beast of a business that gives you so much opportunity, but at the same time can kick you to the teeth if you're not careful, if you let it, you know, if you let it run don't start a business without figuring out the, the skills and the, you know, a commitment to, to the thing that's going to be required. Um, if you like, but more value for me, I look, I love to write books. I've got books all over Amazon. You can just check me out, Paul golf. I've got a marketing book, a sales book, um, a hiring book, a leadership book, uh, a book called the healthy habit. And I'm just about to finish my next book. It goes to the author in three weeks for the first uh, draft. It's called extraordinary achievement. What it takes to get to the next level of success in business and life. So that'll be on the shelf um, end of December. You can check it out on Amazon. And I've got my own podcast, the Polgoff Audio Experience. Uh, talk about a lot of these things in a bit more depth and uh, interview some you know, the people similar to this. And um, the big event, yeah, we'd love you to come if, you, um, if you're if you interested. We've got a four-day event in Orlando. It takes place 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th of October. It's called Private Practice Market Alive. Um, details, ppmlive22.com. And it features a certain uh, guy that a few people might have heard of called uh, Damon John from Shark Tank. He's going to be live on stage uh, speaking on the Friday. And I've got another guy that you may have heard of called James Lawrence. He is the guy, um, he's known as the toughest human on the planet. Uh, He did 50 triathlons in 50 days in 50 states. And I've since been corrected that it was an iron triathlon. So it wasn't just any... It wasn't just any ordinary. So this dude's just amazing, and I can't not wait to interview him. He's live in person, as is Damon John. Uh, we've got room for 300. We're already at about 240, so we're going to fill up. We've got people from all over the world. Um, if you're an aspiring practice owner, um, we'd love to see you there. And if you, you know, you're kind of already in uh, business, you're in the trenches, you're getting a little bit stuck, and you need a little bit of guidance and direction, then the event will be, um, will be right up your street. We've got, um, we've got a big, big three days planned. So yeah, we'd love, we'd love to see you. PPMLive22.com, correct? PPM, as in private practice marketer, PPMLive22.com is where all of the details are. Uh, whenever you're listening to this, it's the cheapest time to um, to get the ticket to go up regularly. We release them in batches of 10 and then we put the price up. So head over and check it out. You guys, I want to just say something before we end this podcast. Um, uh, I have found very uh, few inspiration in healthcare. Uh, very few people I'll listen to. And that is not arrogance. You guys know I'm a learner um, and I'm a reader, uh, but there is a select few. And one of those people is I'm, I'm talking to right now. Uh, I've learned so many things from him. Uh, I remember when I did my first ever event, right? I did my first ever event, had no idea. This is, this is so funny. So I had no idea. So I did this event you know, pretty successful in private practice, did this event. 
And Paul, here, I don't think you've ever heard me tell this story, but it's I always it's always the laughing story now because um, I asked my buddy Paul, right? Hey, can you speak at my event? Because I had no idea that like at events like you sold or anything like that. I just I just had money, so I just I just, I just threw a forty thousand dollar party for people, you know. And my buddy, well, well, first of all, he said, "Hey, you know what, Greg? You should serve people after the event. There's probably going to be a select group of people that want to like." get more from you than what you're giving them at the event. And without him, I would have, I probably would have never started a mastermind. Like you actually opened my eyes to that. So that's the first thing. The go. second thing is that he's at my event, right? And he, he brings the house on. He's, he's a very, very smart <laughs> guy. And this dude, I, like, what do I sell at the event? I sell nothing. This guy basically comes up on the stage and he's like, Hey, if you guys want to buy, and this dude basically like sold so much at my event. And I <laughs> No, I, got I think, I think you, I paid the mortgage off. You <laughs> really got up. I was like, "Wow!" So, anyways, you've opened my eyes to a lot of things, Paul. And, bro, I love you, man. Um, you've always been a great friend to me. Just likewise. And, and you likewise. know, and it's so cool because I think that in healthcare now, there's more of that where there's other people that you aspire um to learn from, and hopefully, I've reciprocated back. You know, uh, well, PPM Live. Where do you think it's inspired? By. it's it's you right and again let's refer uh, anybody listening to this it's like these are the relationships you got to get into that that you're inspired um you almost want somebody looking at what you're doing and going or oh, you're watching what they're doing i i could do this and every time i got invited to your event i was like god oh, i'd love to do this like i'd love to have my own version of this so when you see this taking place next week and there's you know 300 people and damon john it's it's you really it's your inspiration of sitting in the room thinking god could i do this like yeah if Greg could, i can do this like I think I could, you know, and probably only because of COVID, it got delayed a couple of years. But we were, um, you know, we were all we were this close to putting it on the year of. In fact, we were dealing with the the agents. I think in the February or the March that it that it hit to kind of put this this big event on, if you like. So it's happening because of you, and and I hope you can, you know, you can make it for one of the days. It would just be oh, cool. We'll get you on stage and just amazing. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. So, guys, this this right here. Hey, these are two buddies that are just you know talking right now. This is iron sharpens iron. Um, and, and, you know, it's amazing because all it, like all it takes, all it takes is for Paul to do something. And you got to understand there's this massive mutual admiration and respect that we have for each other. Our families love each other, by the way, why the hell haven't you come over here? But you're probably going to say, why have you come to my place? And why are <laughs> we play tennis? All right, let's make that happen after your event. Okay. All right. Let's okay. let's out on the water let's do it. and I'll come to your place when I come up. Yeah. To yeah. Okay. But seriously, you can be buddies and friends, but at the same time, you can push each other. And here's the deal. I know that August, uh, I'm sorry, October uh, 6th through 9th, I already know that Paul putting on this event is going to, it's going to impact, and I'm not just saying like incrementally, impact, it's going to exponentially impact so many people in the healthcare world, right? And that's because he's putting on this event. So the fact that there's any type of inspiration from me Makes me yeah. know that if I wasn't pushing myself, then he's not pushing himself. Now he's going to do that event, and I know if I go there and I see Dame, I see all this You're stuff. Gonna do I'm be like, oh, okay, come on, I got to take it to another level too. And you guys, this is what I'm talking about. Like, if you're if you're around a bunch of dodo birds and around a bunch of duds, like literally, are you like, well, I guess I can just you know just not level up? You guys, you need to be around people that are literally taking you to another level proximity is power it's power 
Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying Paul moved to the States because of me, but I can tell you right now, he probably feels more of that energy being here than being over on the other side of the pond. And, 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 and I know that, that if you all are just around the right people, uh, it's going to make your life better and it's going to push you. And, uh, and look, I think this would be a great place for many of you to start, go to the event, you know, ppmlive22.com. Paul, I appreciate you so much. Thank yes, you. Dan, no, thank you. It's, uh, everything I echo, everything you've just said, it's, it's a privilege and, um, you know, it's, it's the you never know who's watching. You know, if any if ever there's a day where you're like, oh, shall I keep doing this? It's like you just don't know who's watching. You don't need the pat on the back. You don't even need to get the thank you card. You don't need anybody to come up to you. If you just have that faith that whatever you're doing, there's probably somebody watching that you you're inspiring some way somehow that you might just bump into them at the end. You know, ten or fifteen, twenty years down the line, and they just go like, I did that. I listened to that podcast or I attended your event, and I realized I could do it. And you know, look at my life now. I swear, like the 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 it's it's worth every every aspect of the the pain or the struggle or the crap that you've got to go through to um uh, to get it. But I I love all of that stuff anyway. I think it's I just think it's great. okay okay. I all love right. it. <laughs> story I got to tell not, not, another Paul Goff story. Okay, so so Paul's at my 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 house right, and uh so Paul and his wife his wife and his and his kids were 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 at the house. The kids were inside. Natalie was was hanging out with Carrie. Paul and I went out on the boat. Do you remember this, Paul? You yeah, remember? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we go out on the boat. And at this time, I want to tell you guys, I had, it's the first time in my 18-year uh, journey as an entrepreneur that I've taken a break. And it was right at the heart of the pandemic. You remember this, Paul? Yes. At the heart of the pandemic. I wasn't, I said, look, I'm not talking to anybody. My companies were running, but I said, I didn't want to talk, you know, business. And Paul comes here. Now, let me tell you something about Paul. If you're going to talk to Paul, you're going to have to talk business. And so I remember the night before um, I met Paul and his family, we went out to uh, have a grouper sandwich over at the, um, at the water park there. But then he was like, you don't want to talk any business? I'm like, not really. He's like, you sure? Not really. So the next day we go out on a boat. And we go out on a boat and I was just like, I don't want to talk business. And he literally started talking business. And I just found myself like, <laughs> you remember we started talking about Trump? <laughs> you remember yeah, yeah. Trump? And we were talking about the, the marketing, the, the, yeah, the, the marketing. What, what can we learn from it? Yeah. Okay. And by the way, it was so crazy because it was the first time in two months that I talked business and I started getting so excited and so animated. And I actually kept us out on the boat longer, not to keep, it was just because I just realized, look, man, this is my, this is in my blood. I just need to be around yeah. people like him that, that make me excited about it. So anyways, I'm saying that because when I was low, you actually picked me up. That's and amazing. and I hope that I have done that for you at different times as well. So, you know, guys, I, look, if nothing else from this podcast, I hope you got some massive gems from 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 uh, Paul. I'm going to listen to this again just to hear from someone that I admire a lot. Uh, but I, I hope you also realize that one of the keys is partnerships um, and and having people that are lifting you up and challenging you. And if you don't have that in your life, I highly recommend for you to. To, to be a part of something, whether it's a, a community, it's a mastermind, it's an event, be a part of something to where people are actually challenging you to be better. Because life really does get better when you get better. And the only way that I usually get better is if somebody's kind of pushing me to. So anyways, with that said, thank you, my friend. Amazing. Uh, thank you. I again, appreciate you. Get back on that Peloton so I can whoop your ass on it. Okay. I, will. I, will. I, I don't subscribe because I went back to England for the summer, but I'm, I'll, I'll get back on it. I'll All get right. back on it. 
let's let's try to hit a ride this week. All right. All right. Sweet. <laughs> all right, brother. We'll talk Imagine. later. Thank you. Thanks very much. Right. Cheers, right. Greg. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Wealth Coach Secrets. If you haven't already, please share this out so that more people can get access to The Wealth Code. Now, if you would like to work with us and connect with my team, go to www.connectwithgt.com. That's where you can find all my free trainings, free resources, and actually book a free strategy call with my team. So looking forward to talking with you. Remember, let's make your days count. Until next time. Thank you.